What is happening, party people, and welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we play a movie silently in the background and talk over it. This one is a little uh, throwback rowback. So I'm traveling uh, amidst all the chaos, everything that's happening, and uh, we're doing a solo one. So I've got a bottle of wine this time because I'm in a different area. So Manifesto, Zinfandel, uh, Alodi, Lodi, Abba. I think is the creator. Let me take a sip. 2016, by the way, so a beautiful year for a, uh, a Zinfandel with a Z. Mm-hmm. Let that breathe a little bit. That was excellent. Very nice. So, um, folks, you know, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Things are stressful and crazy, and uh, I don't want to diminish or uh, or uh, play down or in any way, shape, or form what's happening in the world. But uh, I do want to give you an escape. Uh, and I'll have some rants on what's happening in the world, and we'll talk about the movie, and let me tell you about the movie in just a minute. So this is going to be fun. But before I do that, I want to give a, um, a little shout-out, right? We're doing these small business shout-outs, and, uh, you know, for uh, minority-owned businesses, specifically in Austin, Texas, I can talk. Don't worry. My mouth isn't totally broken. And so for this one, I reached out to a bunch of businesses, right? And I said, hey, let me know. Talk to me. Tell me about your business. If you want to be a guest, come on. We'll talk about everything you do and everything going on and anything you don't want. It's all good. So the first group to reach out, reach back to me was Sam's Barbecue in Austin, Texas. Now, if you know anything about Texas, you know probably 20 things, but let's narrow it down to two things. Number one, Texas is a weird place. I love Texas. I have a lot of friends in Texas. I live in Texas. Weird place. All right. It's just, it's, listen, it's, it's a, it is like a melting pot of culture and art and, and, and vegans and meat eaters. And it's just, listen, it's weird in a beautiful way. So don't get that wrong. Austin is like that hyper focused in some capacity, right? And it's amazing, right? I mean, Austin's just a beautiful place. So Sam's Barbecue was started in 1957 by Sam Campbell. Born and raised as an Austinite in 1976 after Sam's death, Dan Mays Sr. took over the business while staying true to Sam's desire to create quality homestyle barbecue. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm going to do a quick pause in this read and let you know this. You don't have good homestyle barbecue. You don't. Man, 1957, Sam had good homestyle barbecue and he brought it to the masses. All right. Um, you don't have good homestyle barbecue. 
All right. This is why you go out and eat exceptional barbecue, because those people, when they say home style barbecue, they're talking barbecue where the recipe was probably started in the 30s or the 20s or the 1880s. Who knows? And it was perfected by the 30s or 40s. And then it was it just perfection on top of perfection on top of perfection by the 50s which makes Sam's Barbecue still around today. So don't get it twisted. Don't be like, oh, home-style barbecue. Yeah, I, I do barbecue at home. No, you don't. All right, you cook some food at home, um, and I'm sure you do an okay job, but you don't do this. You don't do this work, right? So Sam's Barbecue specializes in all types of meat. You at home, you don't. You specialize maybe hamburger, hot dog, uh, with a poor little barbecue sauce on top that comes out of a jar. No, not going to happen, all right? They do brisket they do ribs they do mutton yeah you don't you don't know mutton all right spell mutton talking during movies podcast at gmail.com spell some mutton for me a triple dog dare you you get after it son spell some mutton chicken and side dish options like baked beans and potato salad sam's barbecue joint offers home cooked style meals for all appetites all right this is what I'm talking about, man. I mean, these people are awesome. So if you're in the Austin area, uh, 100% go check out Sam's Barbecue. They are absolutely amazing. Uh, they are, let's see, uh, right now, uh, Monday, 10 a.m., closed at 8 p.m. They're closed on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Find them online at Sam's barbecue.com that's s-a-m-s-b-a-r-b-q-u-e.com and find them on instagram they will be tagged in the at talking during movies ig but still find them on instagram sam's bbq underscore a-t-x that is sam's bbq underscore a-t-x and i recommend uh go ahead and check them out if you are uh not in Austin, Texas, or don't plan on being here anytime soon. So you can just look at mouthwatering pictures of amazing barbecue, send them some love and let them know that, uh, they are awesome. And, uh, that I was correct. You actually don't make barbecue, but they do. They make amazing barbecue. So that's my shout out. Sam's barbecue. Want to give some love, of course, to my people at dive bar, Austin at dive Austin, they are, I mean, do, you guys, I miss them so much. I just miss Stash IPA, the smell of the bar, producer Matt actually doing some work, you know, get off this vacation he's on. Let me get in there. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, you know, I love those guys. And I just love the staff, everyone coming in, you know, they, they'd come, different people would come in and they're getting ready to set up the bar and we're chatting and we got delivery people coming through. Folks, if you can go see them, get a cocktail to go. Uh, you know, I think they're at 25% now. So as, as that is the real deal, Holyfield, you know, make a reservation, whatever you got to do, but go in and say hi. And also uh, Father's Day is right around the corner. All right. So if you want to get your dad, the gift of all gifts, the one that's going to have the other dads jealous, it's not a tie. It's not aftershave. It's not a fancy new body wash. And, uh, it's not that, uh, you know, $75,000 Harley Davidson he's been eyeing. No, 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 no. Go check out my people at colorblind.design on Instagram and get your dad the ultimate six pack holder, the tactical six pack holder. He takes an ammunition, the whole ammunition, right? 
sprays it on the inside, seals it up, six holes, claps it down, they're sealing on the top, and you've got this cooler, the coolest cooler of cool coolers. Oh, but my dad's in a business. Oh, you know what? My dad really likes the 49ers. You know what? My dad really likes, uh, he's got a softball team or a bowling team, and he just, he, he only wears stuff with that logo on it. Cool. Talk to at colorblind.design, talk to my people, and guess what? They'll put some logos on for you. They'll do a custom paint job for you. You just got to talk to Scott, all right? You got to talk to Scott. You want a custom order done. You want it done by Father's Day. You got to get this in right away, right? So we're at, I'm recording on 6.3. This is dropping on 6.4. So go, 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 go. Go get Scott and crew and uh, have some fun, if you know what I'm saying. All right, party people? So get that, uh, especially for the dads out there. And you're like, my dad likes wine. He's got a dope wine thing too. So don't get it twisted. Do not get just locked in on one thing that Scott does because Scott and the team, man, they do exceptional work. My dad wants a wants a custum wrought iron fence for a hundred acres. Scott will fly out. All right, he'll get out there. He'll be he'll be making designs and putting your dad's face in it and roses wrapped around rhinoceroses being chased by buffalo. Don't steal my idea. All right, if I win the lotto, Scott's gonna make that for me. It's gonna be a big scene all around my acreage that I don't have yet. So mind your business. Don't steal that from me. All right, with that said, folks. What are we going to do? What are we talk over today? The 1986 classic Newcomb High. Class of Newcomb High. That is a 5.7 on IMDb. It's an hour and 25 minutes long. I don't want you guys listening to me talk too long, right? And it has 87 five-star reviews on Amazon. In fact, you can find this as an Amazon Prime movie. It's included with Prime as I speak today. So, Reading, writing, and radiation. Instead of reading, writing, arithmetic. See what they did there? See what they did there? Well, fun, right? Reading, writing, radiation. When the nuclear power plant do uh, plant uh, next door springs a leak, the students of Traumaville High begin mutating into psychopunk freaks. And it's interesting they're psychopunk freaks, right? I mean, they couldn't just mutate into, I guess, I don't know, whomever. They had to uh, mutate into psychopunks, which I guess at the time, right, punks were kind of scary. The whole punk scene was scary. I don't know. The reason I chose this movie and, uh, you know, listen, you guys have to. So a man who's uh, probably older than my average listener, uh, I tr try not to age myself and age myself out of the coolness of, of the wonderful people that, that, that listen to this podcast. But folks, you have to understand is, you know, in the 80s, it was it was about nuclear weapons it was the end of the time end times were coming uh, you know if bread went up a certain percentage or you know people thought ronald reagan was the antichrist because he bumped his head at some point in time there was a lot of weird shit going on all right there was a lot of weird shit going on so this was the culmination of chaos um in that in that world of weird shit right uh this was our expression at the time. And it also was, if you look back now, hindsight being 2020, right? It was also the way that we could hide other things. So when you don't want to address something, when you're sitting down, you're like, man, I just, I just, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. Do you think I'm going to Burt Kreischer this whole bottle of wine real quick? Cause I'm pouring myself a little extra right now. Just filling up this paper cup. The Hotel Sonesta. Hotel Sonesta. Very nice people here. They're they are very kind and very nice. So anyways, back to this. So why do you create drama and problems? Uh, some real, right? Uh, some manufactured. And why do we do that? Well, historically, look at certain things. And uh, 
and, and walk down the road of, of when uprisings happen, when protests happen, when people want change, look at other things that happen, right? Look at the, the crisis around it that happens. Look at the disruption to, let's say, the economy and how that happens. Look at all these other components that come together and what happens. Well, in that world, uh, we get focused on what we think is a bigger issue so we don't have to tackle the harder issue. You're like, well, Jason, it's the bigger issue. Well, the bigger issue and the harder issue are, are two different things, right? So if, if instead of us addressing the fact that we, uh, we don't know how to communicate well or we don't know um, how to address the difference in cultural issues or a global economy taking off and we don't know what's going on as far as cultural interaction and, and where we share and what we do, if we don't want to address those, what do we do? Well, we create other issues, right? We leverage the media and we leverage movies and we create issues that are different and that are more robust or that are more aggressive or that are a little more crazy versus issues that are real. And so what I mean by that is, is listen, um, you want to fake a nuclear spill and talk about nuclear power, nuclear energy and the dangers of it and how it could destroy the environment and kill people and turn them into to crazy punk rockers of the future and mutate them out, right? You can do that. Or you can uh, sit down and not worry about that and embrace solar and other energy and embrace that change. And as that economy and that education moves forward, you tackle the harder systemic things of, of how we deal with mental health, how we deal with education, how we deal with racism, how we deal with inequity in, uh, in wealth, you know, and, and, and I know those are, those are especially now very touchy subjects, right? And, and arguably, and, and they still should be, we should not move away from them. But instead of moving away from them, we should really aggressively run towards them. Because now is a time now people are talking, you might not like the way they're talking, you um, may be uh, disagreeable, as it comes to protests, you know, uh, you may walk the fine line of, of not liking um, the, the, the riots or the, the, uh, the instigators of the riots, but understand who I don't know where you're at. But I can tell you this continued pieces of this conversation and not letting this slide away, but instead going from these protests and understanding, right, and moving it into leadership and direction and and in leadership and direction and in other things, right, um, putting a plan together. And a plan together that holds us accountable. You know, we don't look back and apologize for a lot of stuff because no one wants to. I mean, look at politicians. Democrat, Republican, it's, it's inconsequential to the fact that if they make a mistake or they do something wrong, it is very rare that in any of that, at any given time, a year later, like, you know what, last year I made a mistake. Right? And making that mistake, man, that really costs them. It costs some money, costs some lives. Costs, but so, but I learned from it. And this is what we're going to do different. And we haven't done that when it comes to social reform or change, right? You got to think the country is a protest. We have an uprising. We have a togetherness. You know, we go for it. We, we integrate schools. We, we, uh, we integrate sports teams, right? We get there. We're close. And everybody's like, problem solved. Now I don't have to really talk about it, do I? Because if I talk about it, then I got to get to know them. Man, if I got to get to know them, oh, shit, then, then I'm really going to understand where the problem is or isn't or what's going on. And oh, my goodness, then if that happens, then they're going to really get to know me. And this persona that 
generations before me, good, bad, or indifferent, if, you know, I've got to live up to some of this, or I've got to, you know, make change, but I won't do it on my schedule because I'm scared. All of those things, right? When those aren't addressed, then they boil up again. And then there's a protest. Uh, and sometimes there's riots. And, and sometimes that protest is from change. And sometimes that protest is from an action. But either way, the 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 upswing of the the push up of it right we get to a point and we're like good and this is not a america problem this is a human race problem this is this is a this is a uh a, a psychology problem there's probably a psychologist on here who would tell me that i'm wrong and everything else but then that ruins the podcast because arguably let's be honest we know with my PhD in psychology, and I've gotten it from watching so many movies uh, that, that cover so many different things, right? I am uh, awesome. I've got this down. Listen, I've, I've read a couple of books, and uh, in reading a couple books and understanding things, whew, I'm good. I'm absolutely good. In case you guys are wondering in the movie here, as I just jumped right in this, we're six minutes in, and six minutes and 20 seconds in, right? And there's a gentleman running around. He drank some, listen, the, the nuclear reactor, of course, sprung a leak. He drank some of the water. There's uh, the punk rock kids. There's the nerds. There's the jocks. And there's the maker outers, right? And this kid just uh, threw himself out of a window, like a third story window. He's covered in green vomit. And he's uh, cracked his head open. He's kind of going a little bit crazy, and he's got boils all over him, and the police are in cute uniforms. So there you go. You're all caught up now. And we'll be referencing the movie, obviously, in some capacity, large or small. So back to my little rant that right as I have to open up saying we're probably not going to get into this, and the first thing I do is get into this. Um, so it really is going to take uh, some time. And what, what I would say to anyone out there is that, that, that cares to listen to whatever I have to say is, is two things. One this, what's happening in our world should teach you one thing, the power of, of, of your voice and the power of voting local. Man, you guys give too much power and too much credibility to your, to, to the president, whomever that person may be, whomever you like now or whoever you liked in the past, right? Think about your, your mayors, your city council people, uh, think about your, your school district. Think about your, your governors, your lieutenant governors, your state legislators. Think about those people, right? And, 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 and then look at, the, look at where we're at today. Look at where we're at as a country today and look at, look at what states and how they're responding and then, you know, how they're, you know, whether it's a, a mayor and the difference in how different mayors respond and then how governors respond and how legislators respond and how school districts respond, right? You're frustrated about what something you didn't like. You have to take a step back and go, well, who did I vote in? Eh, I didn't vote on that. Or I just, I kind of, I just went to president. There's more power and more change that can happen locally that can build up from zero, right? But once again, that buildup, if you want to make it right, if you want to push it forward, if you want to um, ensure growth and prosperity and a better life for your kids, if you want all of that, then you can't forget to talk. And I believe that starts locally too, right? Um, don't, don't be mad at the protesters. Don't, uh, don't be mad at people you disagree with understand that uh you know when you, when you when you live in a country where people have different backgrounds and, and and see things differently you get to understand two very special things one you don't have to agree on everything to be friends and understand and respect one another two in the humility of life 
if you come in and you want to have a conversation and you're not there to win the argument, but understand your fellow person, you're going to learn something. You're going to become better. You're going to have better talking points and understanding. And when you have a challenge because you listened or when you disagree because you listened first, it is accepted and it is understood. And acceptance and understanding leads quite simply to a more cohesive world and cohesive relationship with first your neighbors and then the neighbors of neighbors and everything in between, right? So those those things are are you know they're I think they're 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 so important and they're so amazing. Um, I just you know I can't I can't say enough about how, how important it is to get to know your neighbors, how important it is to get to know people that are different than you, how important it is to have conversations where you can be honest and vulnerable and be wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. You know, I, I keep hearing, you know, as I say this wrong thing, I keep talking in my head, like Joe Rogan just signed a hundred million dollar deal. Congratulations, Joe Rogan, uh, for everything you're doing, everything you've done. Uh, welcome to Spotify. Of course, talking during movies since the jump has been on Spotify. Thank you, Spotify, for having us on there. Joe, welcome to Spotify. If you need anything, you know, uh, if Jamie needs some uh, help navigating the waters of Spotify. Myself and the five listeners over at Spotify that are dedicated to this podcast and the people, I will say, uh, Joe, welcome, and we're here to help in any way possible. And uh, you're over in Austin. Give us a high five, man. All right, we'll uh, we'll come to the show. We'll do uh, we'll do a, a high five, and uh, we'll we'll officially face to face welcome you to a Spotify. But no, so he does this hundred million dollar contract. It's amazing, right? It's absolutely amazing. But here's the other thing that Rogan does. He admits when he's wrong, when he's made a mistake, he retracts. But then he educates himself, figures out where he went wrong, why he went wrong, and then in figuring out the where, the what, and the why, then he amends that wrong, right? Uh, he brings on experts that he disagrees with. He brings on experts that he agrees with, but doesn't necessarily, um, or you know, but wants to them to maybe share their point of view differently, or just wants to challenge the architecture of, of how they're communicating. It's amazing. It's amazing because there's a humility and a vulnerability in wanting education versus um, dictation, right? Versus just saying you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. So in all of that, you know, just. That's all, you know, in, in this crazy world, folks, and you're going to say dumb shit. I said dumb shit today, and I didn't mean it as dumb shit or as insensitive, but as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, hey, you fucking moron. What are you doing? What are you doing? And so what it was, was quite simply was this, right? Uh, I was walking around. I'm, I'm, I'm in an area of the country, and there are some riots. Uh, there's four happening in a very condensed area. Oh, I'm sorry, not right. It's protests. I apologize. There were four protests scheduled. Well, when those protests got scheduled, the change or what what, what else happened was uh, curfews. So I'm in an area where, um, you know, I, I have friends and I wanted to go see them and I wanted to go grab a beer. Well, curfew hit, so everything shut down at like three or four, I think four o'clock. And I make this joke. I'm like, man, you know what? I didn't want to eat at the hotel tonight. I wanted to go get a pizza and a beer. That's all I wanted to do little pizza and a beer and i can't because of protests and you know i stopped myself as i was saying i just said i said and uh, i understand that what i'm saying is a so so selfish because the freedom of expression the uh, the freedom to protest and assemble and, and share your voice and, and share your frustration and the fact that it's embarrassing that in this world um 
it, it boiled up to this to have to share your your, your voice and, and, and your concerns and your frustration is is horrible to begin with. And so I look at the person and say, I'm like, and please understand, I know how selfish and gross that is to say, because I mean, obviously, right? I uh I I don't mean it that way, right? What I mean is is that, you know, I I just wish there was a better solution. What I mean by that to express to you guys, which I wasn't able to express uh, with them because uh, they understood their friends, obviously. But, um, you know, what, what I want when I say that is that I wish there wasn't a fear that came with protests. I wish there wasn't um, looters that came with protests. You know, I wish a lot of things. I'm not saying I'm right or that my thought process is right. I'm just saying this is what I'm thinking out loud is that, I wish there was just more things like that, because if there was, then there wouldn't be fear or concern. Businesses wouldn't shut down. In fact, it'd be a great way to celebrate business, to come in and, and have a voice and have a conversation and have these things opened up. I mean, imagine a protest where businesses are opened up and they're like, hey, you know, we're really going to organize this. So we're going to break this up like speed dating, but it's not speed dating. Um, and I'm just using this example because you meet other people throughout the thing, right? And you get all these bars and restaurants and they open up. And you start at X and you go to Y, you go to A, B, C, D, right? But you got to walk around and you got to voice your concern. You got to voice your, your issues, your problems. One, people listen. Two, you're with a group of your people and you're talking about it, sharing it, and you got your social channel going on and all of that. But also then you want to get a, a snack, you want to get some food. Imagine where the area doesn't shut down, but instead is like, yes, we want you to communicate, share your voice, share your concern, share these things. And maybe, listen, I could be high as a kite right now, drinking wine and just not understanding society in general. And I could be sounding like an absolute moron, right? I hope I'm not. Because understand, folks, all of these things really are from the heart, right? I just, I want a better world for my kid. I want a better world for other kids. Um, and I don't want that world I don't want what's happening to be repeated again. In fact, just the opposite, right? Uh, what we want instead is you want the world not to be repeated. So I want to come in and be like, oh, you know what? A great alternative to this is having harder conversations, really listening, not judging, and figuring out where we're right, where we're wrong, and, and, and what those things you know, really mean or what they look like. Uh, and, and how we can just be better and treat each other a hell of a lot better uh, and put our, uh, put our biases and everything else away and, and just be better. So there you go. There you go. There's that. There's that. How long was that rant that I said I wasn't going to do? How long did all that shit go? Well, that went for a solid 25 minutes. Good Lord, I apologize. But I wanted to get it out there. And I want you guys to know how much I care and love you guys, how much I care and love um, – all the people in my life, uh, all, all the listeners, all the businesses out there that I've been able to reach out to and talk to, you know, I really do want you um, to, even if it's just sending them a message or liking a photo, just, you know, just give them some love, man. You don't have no idea what that means to them, A, but then don't stop there, right? Figure out in your neck of the woods what you can do to support a minority-owned business. If you're the minority-owned business, figure out what you can do to start a helpful, engaging conversation so people can understand you, A. And what I mean by understand you is understand your business, understand uh, where you came from, 
why you're here, what's going on, like really get to know you, A. And B, you know, if there are challenges in the community um, that are impacting you in a, in a negative way, one, or um, if there are people in the community that are impacting you in a negative way, uh, you know, having that base and having a, a diverse group of people that you can then call and be like, hey, can you know, you're all my regular customers, come in here, please. This is happening. And I don't want it to turn negative. I want this to be a teaching, growing moment for our community. And it is super shitty that as the minority, I, who's getting beat up on, I have to be the voice. But it's another burden I'm willing to take on with you with my community, with all the other races here. I'm willing to take it on because we're doing it together. And let's fix things right, right? And let's work together and let's blend this up. And okay, I feel like I've beat this. I've gone down this road a couple of times with you guys. I apologize for the redundancy. Let's get back to Newcomb High and uh, let's have some uh, lighter, fun conversation now, okay? So thank you for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Let me get a drink of wine. And uh, let's rock and roll, right, with some Newcomb High. Because Newcomb High is really, I mean, this is quintessential high school, right? Mm. Nerds, jocks, pretty ladies, and the punks, right, or the stoners or the smokers. The um, the kids that, I mean, these kids are aggressive, right? They've got tattooed faces. They've got hoop rings. Um, I mean, this guy's got tattoos all over his face. He's got two hoop rings and his buddy is wearing a chain around a bike chain around his neck and just carries a big dog bone. Was there ever a kid in your high school that had that tattoo? That was just like the, he's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the tattoo kid. That's who I am. I, I mean, Montana, of course, we didn't see that. In fact, you know, I was told all the time. It's just like, Hey, uh, never get a tattoo. You shouldn't get a tattoo. Uh, I didn't get a tattoo until I was 22. I got a tattoo on my back. And then I just, I kind of fell in love with him. I waited uh, quite a bit longer. And then I got a cross on my forearm, which I covered up with uh, two birds because it was uh, poorly, poorly done. And then uh, I got uh, down another part of my arm, uh, tomorrow never comes. So, you know, it's off that line. Today is yesterday's tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. Right? Um, yeah, so I got those. And I, I obviously would love to get more. Uh, you know, it's, it's time, it's design, it's purpose, it's dedication, it's living without regrets, uh, down, down each bicep, you know, there's all those fun things, but the tattoos are amazing, man. I love them, but I'm also glad I waited because I would have gotten some dumb shit a long, long time ago and probably would have been too big or, uh, would have been, who knows, man. I mean, it's just, God knows what I uh, what I could have gotten or not gotten, especially when I was in high school. I mean, that is just awful. I love this. Uh, it looks like a – it's weird because this is class of Newcomb High, right? Yet they're showing a frat party. And, like, inside this house, it's just a fucking dance club. I mean, there is no attempt to, uh, to do anything except for just blatantly lie to you, right? This gal, is she drinking suntan lotion? Uh, the band is awesome. They're like the Steve. They should just if, if you were to remake this movie, this band would be called the Steve Jobs. They are in black turtlenecks, black pants, uh, short dark hair, skinny. I mean, these are the Steve Jobs. It would be this is this is the best band name for them ever. And it's one of these theme parties. Do we do? Do you guys do theme parties anymore? You know, uh, when I, the back in the day, right when I lived in Newport Beach. Mm -hmm. 
and I guess I see him in Austin. I used to see him in Austin, right? Uh, was the uh, we used to do uh, pub crawls, but the pub crawl was uh, it was it was interesting because it was themed. So Newport had, of course, the uh, ugly Christmas sweater, half Christmas pub crawl. Uh, I think that's June 25th, maybe July 25th. And it was hot, and everyone wears that. We used to do um, golfing pub crawls, right? So uh, depending on the type of drink or the amount of drinks you got, the short time you were there, you got scored. Uh, so, you know, you had birdie, bogey, uh, you know, regular, whatever it may be, right? You've got all that stuff. So we would just cruise around. You'd get in golf gear. You'd have golf clubs. And you go from bar to bar to bar, and you'd coordinate these things. And they do very similar stuff in, in Austin. I don't know how much of it is is uh, themed anymore, right? Um, and what I mean by themed anymore is uh, these parties, like pub crawls, or or it's hey, it's a Hawaiian party, or hey, it's a uh, it's a it's a swimsuit party, or it's a uh, you know whatever it may be. Like I don't I don't really see those anymore now. It's just like hey, it's a party and you know, here we go. Come hang out. So I don't know if you guys do that anymore. Do young kids do that anymore? It seems, it's fun. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we always had a lot of fun doing our pub crawls, especially if you dress up a little bit, ugly Christmas uh, sweater pub crawls. And I don't know, man, there was always, always fun stuff. We did from in Portland, Oregon, uh, back in the day, we did this thing from O'Brien's to Oblivion. So it was uh, 12 bars, 24 drinks, 12 hours from O'Brien's to Oblivion. And we would on St. Patrick's Day just tour Portland, Oregon, right? We would just tour around Portland and we had this map of bars we'd go to and the drinks we'd get at every bar. And obviously the goal is to get uh, to this, you know, the 12th bar before midnight. You'd start at 10 in the morning. You're hoping to get down at 10 at night. There's always something that slows you down. Uh, there's always a place where you're a little too eager at one or two places and you get two or three drinks, right? Because somewhat, you know, because you had like a half hour, hour at every bar, right? So that should be a beer, right? Just take your time. Enjoy life. Never would. Always out of control. But, man, it was fun. Folks, you cannot imagine the how much fun it was. You know, we got sponsored one year by us. So we got custom shirts and we got these custom vests and it was so much fun. It was amazing. I, I, I can't recommend it enough. Just obviously drink responsibly. Obviously travel responsibly. Obviously don't go fucking nuts. That's A, B, and C. Uh, but do have fun, man, and engage with friends. That's the fun part. That really is. Right now they're cruising around, passing around joints. And I believe this joint is laced with something poisonous because the people are freaking out. They're going cross-eyed. But the way they're doing it is so weird. It's like, this is not how you smoke joints at all. They are just shoving it in someone's mouth. Like that, It's in your mouth and you're already inhaling. So there you go. It's like, it's like someone who had never smoked a joint before decided that uh, this was the way to go. And this was this is how joints are done. They were wrong. Also, what's weird is our main character with his, you know, he's got his girlfriend. She's in her two-piece. Um, he's in a speedo. I don't know at one time or any time in America where the speedo was the real deal, right? I just it doesn't seem. There's no time. Uh, she's upstairs. It's so funny. There's like cans of Colt 45, Seven Up, and Budweiser. That's 
quite the combo. Then again, if you look in my hotel room, I have um, Coors Golden uh, six-pack bottles. Empty, obviously. Been here a couple of days. Uh, Manifesto Zinfandel bottle. Um, and then a water. So similar, right? He's got Budweiser. I've got Coors. He's got 7-Up. I have water. They've got Colt 45. I have Manifesto Zinfandel. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. There's like this souped up. She's feeling, I would say, uh, frisky is probably the right term, especially for this movie. But the way they show sexuality is hilarious because this gal is just like, she's just rolling around, like just kind of like rubbing her body and she's, but it's not, it doesn't look natural, right? And I don't know if that's like the possession, like, there was also, you have to understand a couple of things about uh, this generation, this era. So this movie came out in 86. It probably was made in late 84, maybe early 85, right? So uh, in this world, um, sexuality and, you know, masturbation and all the things that we kind of take for granted that we get to talk about, you really didn't, A, get to talk about, and B, and not getting to talk about them, uh, it also... It was, uh, you know, this was considered rated R and aggressive, and it, but there was there wasn't any realism to one how um, women were seen as, as you know sexually, or two how, how how men were right. It was just like it, it was so some things were so over exaggerated, some things weren't. They were all punished, right? You know, later he's trying to just get his clothes off as fast as he can and. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it, this is chaos. It's absolute chaos. It's so inaccurate of, of what it, you know, of, of what interaction really is. I mean, the kissing's bad. It's closed mouth. It's just, you know, no wonder there were so many upset, frustrated women in, uh, in the 80s and 90s, right? Uh, the, the way that film positioned and kind of showed young men who snuck away and saw an R-rated movie... Uh, you know, what it showed them as far as sexuality goes was just fucking awful. I mean, was any woman having an orgasm back in the day? It just, it was just, I mean, good Lord. Oh my goodness. This is like, and I'm, I'm sure this was like a steamy, racy, I can't believe they're showing college kids having sex. They don't have sex. I mean, this is 86, folks. People are losing their mind over stuff like this. Absolutely, positively losing their mind and angry and i mean arguably they should be you know uh they are arguably because the the sex just looks so uncomfortable so bad so disingenuous now he's got two buddies watching him i mean it is it's awful it folks there's not a lot of things that i say are awful even though i say awful a lot uh this was awful. Absolutely awful. You know it's not awful? The Chrysler uh, IROC Z they've got going on here as they go up to their house in the woods. Why does she live in the woods? Why does she live so far out of town? What was she doing at a college party? He was drinking. Why is he driving? That's another thing. They didn't take that serious back in the late 70s, early 80s, right? Drinking and driving just wasn't a thing. It was, I mean, it's not that it wasn't a thing um, 
as far as not being uh, recognized, it wasn't a thing as far as like no one really cared. They're just like, yeah, drinking and driving. What's up? I got to blast. Folks, I have horrible allergies. I got to blast my nose real quick. I apologize. Oh, man, that is going to work. I'm going to be able to breathe. And, I mean, he's got a little eight and a half by 11. He sleeps in his jeans and his uh, his button down. Good for you, sir. Give it a kiss. So is he a high school kid that went to a college party with his high school girlfriend and then because they smoked a weird nuclear-powered infused joint, um, he got laid? I think so. I think that's... Wait, by the way, Jason, great synopsis. Uh, in case we weren't following along, it seems like he's reliving his sexual experience. Uh, yeah, it looks like he is having uh, what some people would call a uh, a wet dream or a night dream or maybe just maybe that nuclear power is tearing him apart because his teeth have gone brown his skin has gone bubbly and his hair oh he's glowing he is glowing and she's rubbing and he's glowing and he's getting flashbacks of this last great experience Do you think that's death flashbacks of your last great oh no he's got quite a boner and that boner is enormous this is hilarious i love that as he gets radiation he's basically got a dick that uh is as tall as he is if it explodes mm -hmm. if you should see the look on his face he's just like this is the most amazing ginormous dick of all time now how do you counteract that with what the young lady's going through at her house away so she is uh Laying down, she's got her eight and a half by eleven picture of him, with some pearl necklaces hanging off of it. Did she give it a kiss goodnight? Hell no, she just went to sleep. She is not having the uh, sexual dream that he had. She is a much more pragmatic woman. Her thoughts and dreams are on why did she smoke that doobie? What is going on? And she had sex once. So if you want to know what's going on, and you guessed it. She's fucking pregnant, and she already has a baby. So he got a monster, huge, ginormous, six-foot, seven-foot-tall erection and bad teeth, and she got a baby. So he's just, I mean, his, it's just, this is a hilarious breakdown of, of where you see where, like, the man's brain is, right? He's like, there'll be, oh, he's getting tits now. Well, this is a bad side effect, right? Is he's now got boobs and she's got uh, something with a tail crawling out of her belly. No, no, he doesn't. He's got a normal sized dick, no tits. She's not pregnant. And that was just a bad nuclear waste induced dream. Or was it? It was. I'm fucking with you. It was. It was. It was. It was. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, dude, I don't know, man. This is so, do you ever get that where there's so much going on and I, I applaud comics. I applaud other people who are out there that can put things on the back burner and, uh, and really just communicate, uh, you know, whatever's on the top of their mind that, uh, is not pragmatic or not, that's not pragmatic. That's wrong, but what do I want to say here? People that can block certain things out and just run with uh, with their funny or uh, run with their theme or idea, and uh, I'm I'm definitely one that struggles with that, right? Because I just got so much that runs through my brain, 
you know, like I, I think about, like, look, look at the premise of this in, in some capacity, right? And tangentially, we're going to tie some things together here. But you're looking at nuclear power, you're looking at teen sex, you look at the dangers of both, the warnings of both, the uh, nuclear power plant leaks, and, and all these horrible things that, that could happen, right? And it's, but it's a yes or no predicament, right? It is uh, for the for the teen teen sex, you know, and uh, and what was taught was abstinence, right? So it is a yes or no predicament. It is yes or no. It is black or white. There's no middle ground because you're always afraid of middle ground. You're going to give up to one or the other. That there's no compromise. That compromise is quitting and compromise is losing. And in the loss and the quit of, of where compromise is, right? What uh, what do you have or or what do you do? And you know that's. It's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy, right? So this movie kind of epitomizes that. It's like, hey, nuclear damage, bad. See what it does? Nuclear. So uh, we can't we can't have this. Also, uh, we had sex. Oh, had a dream. I had a dream. My dick was huge because I'm amazing. Oh, she had a dream. She was pregnant with a demon. Uh, not amazing, right? It's 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 like if you have sex, the, the, the underlying message, you have sex, man, you're going to get pregnant, right? And it could be a demon. Who the fuck knows? Right? It could be something awful. Well, Think about where we're at in response economically to uh, to to what to what to what happened uh, with COVID nineteen, right? We had this. You've got to look at two things here, and I really want you to look at two things and, and try and, and understand them. One was people needed because of businesses shutting down, because of certain things have companies shutting down, right? People needed. Uh, they needed a break on their rent. They needed a break on their forbearance on their mortgage. They needed a, a break on uh, their payments or whatever it was for their for their building, obviously. So you had all of those things, and that was very very uh, uh, amazing, right? So we, we were able to you know economically we just we put forth an effort to uh, to to do that. Now you want those things to happen because you want people to. Um, to feel happy and healthy and you want them to feel secure so that they have a place to live so they have a job to go back to and that job has an office or a space to go back to right you want all of those things however the disruption of doing something like that uh, what it does in the back end to the markets uh, creates cataclysmic impacts economically across the board and so what it looks like from the market side is that this is a huge mistake and you can't do all these things and look at what it does to the stock market, look at what it does to housing prices, look at what it does to the bond market, look at what it does to the capital markets, all these markets, all these things. And then so it's like, so on one side, you're like, yeah, and you can't do it. It's going to hurt the economy. And then it's like, the economy is already hurting. We can't have people and the economy hurting. And it's 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 because of a yes or no equation, a yes or no answer. It's because it was <clears throat> stay home or people die. It wasn't who are the most vulnerable, what's going on, how are we educating about nutrition? Are we talking about vitamin D? Are we are we taking care of the vulnerable and how are we? What does that look like? It was we have one answer, stay home. Offices shut down. Restaurants, <clears throat> bars shut down. NA, AA, uh, all these things, shut them down, right? And what happens in that is that instills a mindset of yes or no versus a mindset of, hey, let's problem solve. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, right? When it talks about relationships and problem solving, you got to communicate 
You have to be okay to be wrong. You have to be okay to see other sides. And you have to be okay to understand where greater good is and what greater good means. And sometimes greater good is is everyone sacrificing. And sometimes greater good is compromise. And sometimes greater good is one or, or, or the other. But you got to communicate about that to understand it. And we had so much miscommunication. You know, I mean, there were newspapers saying that uh, Corona was all in people's heads. It wasn't that big of a deal at first, right? Fauci was saying, don't wear a mask. He's saying, go out. You know, it's, it's going to be okay. So, and obviously that narrative changed as we learned more. But no one wants to go out and be like, hey, here's the mistakes we all made. Now we, as groups, and identifying with chapters and people, right, we don't have a problem pointing the finger and saying, look at all the misleading shit they told us or look where they were wrong. We never have a problem with that. But we, uh, we do have a problem with saying where we were wrong or where our leaders were wrong or where the people that we voted for were wrong. We do have a problem with that versus honesty and vulnerability that says, um, man, I just, man, we were wrong. Happens, but we learned more. You know, I, I, I've, I've heard Fauci change things. I mean, like we've learned more. I've never heard him say we've, I've been wrong. Or I said this and I should have said this. I've never heard, obviously, Trump say that. I've never heard Pelosi say that, Biden say that, in all their political careers, right? And it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's it's a power and I'm in power. So because I'm in power, um, we need X, Y, and Z, right? We need this. Uh, it's just, it's 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 terrible. It's absolutely terrible that we can't just... Be honest and, and vulnerable in our in our leadership and in our in our understanding of of, of capacity of knowledge and, and also in that capacity of knowledge of, of where we can win and or lose. So yeah, there you go. And uh, you see that in the way we they make movies. You um you know, no one's wrong, nothing's bad, and instead it is all just it is what it is. And that's Premarital sex. Look at how bad nuclear power is. Yes or no? No middle ground. There's no discussion. That breaks my heart, folks. It really does. Uh-oh. So our teen heartthrob is now, he's now a teen badass. His skin is a mess, just like in his dream, but he's got more muscles, and uh, he's got green ooze coming out of his mouth, and uh, his forehead is bulging back and forth. I'm going to have it in come on here. I wonder if he's going to explode. Oh, well, the guy's punched him, and uh, he is, um, I guess you would say, acidic. Uh, whatever is on his flesh that's also hurting his flesh, when he touches people, it hurts them. And he's super super strong and he's beating up on the punks he's getting after the punks man he's killing them and now the big punk the baddest punk of them all boom he's like no sir i'm gonna throw you over a part of a building and into a dumpster oh man i tell you oh yeah he is just gonna boom, punch right into his mouth whoa so these are special effects aren't very special but it is so you got to think like let's think about this really quick think about the chaos uh ultimate murder punch shot first thing that comes to my mind 100 percent is roadhouse 
towards the end, fight scene by the leg, whew, grabs in this weird hold, opens up his chest, his head's back, sways, he swings around, hits the throat, grabs it, and rips it out. Just rips out this guy's throat. Just gone, gone. Then you also have in all of this, right? In this, you know, in, in the in the chaos of killing and the aggressiveness, you have blood sport, right? You got that thick guy who's kind of the badass before Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, figures out a way to win. And he's looking at people and he's looking at the crowd, they're cheering him on like, he's just breaking necks, man. He's snapping necks and he's fudge, just cashing checks, folks. He's a badass. But he's just killing people. It's insane. Uh, by the way, homeboy uh, just woke up normal, and he thinks he's having dreams, when in, but his jaw's kind of sore. But in reality, he's um, he's got an alter ego, an alter ego, and the uh, and obviously um, you know two of the bad guys uh, or two of the punks, I should say, not bad guys, punks, were killed, and that brings me now to my third one. Uh, and I know there are more out there, but, you know, just for the case of, of shits and giggles here, our guy from Newcomb High, the badass who uh, turned monster uh, when he thought he would, you know, he's asleep, his alter ego, his uh, Dr. Jekyll, his Mr. Hyde, right? His Mr. Hyde was obviously, um, you know, this, this kind of toxic, radioactive-fueled, craziness uh he went and fought someone and when he grabbed him by the throat and punched him in the mouth his hand then went slowly into the mouth down the throat and into the stomach now here's the crazy part he does this and that's his dream right that's his craziness that's his thing he gets laid he has super strength he's super awesome He's kind of crazy. He's got bad teeth, but he's, he's toxic. His forehead is bubbling. He's everything. Uh, the girl who got laid, she gives birth. She doesn't feel good at cheerleading practice. Her stomach gets big. She pushes on her stomach, and oddly in pushing on her stomach, because this is biology, right? It comes up through her stomach, through her throat, well, actually in her stomach, or she pushes on her stomach, it's in her uterus. She pushes on it, pushes on it, and then uh, this little black demon baby gets in her throat and comes out. She just bloops into the toilet. But she's still uh, having problems. She's still feeling very weak. She's still feeling very sick. And uh, now she's in the hospital, and I hope she gives birth to many, many more. Once again, What's the rule here, right? And, and horror movies teach us this all the time. Horror movies are, are very in-depth and understanding and teach us this all the time, which is if you're a virgin and you get laid, bad things are coming. Man, that is a horror movie staple. If you've seen Scream, we need to do the Scream movies. But if you see Scream by we, I'm like, I'll find someone. We're going to do the Scream movies. But if you see Scream, right, they kind of run down the list of uh, horror movies, what they're like, what's going on, who's going to win, who's going to lose, right? So... But it's also interesting where pain and punishment or impact come, right? So once again, the guy has sex and he's like a, a, a toxic Avenger-esque superhero, right? That's powered by nuclear waste, but it's an alter ego thing. And he thinks he's asleep, but he's actually going out beating up 
I guess, bad guys, punks. Then her, she's got the same toxicity in her. But in the sex, what happens to her? Dude, I mean, it's awful, right? What happens to her? She gets pregnant. She gives, she basically gives birth to Ailey. Man, I wish Whitney Chitwood was on this with me. Whitney, I would love for you to watch this movie and then uh, give me your commentary. Not that I want to give you work to do. I know you're on the farm and I know crazy things are happening. It looks like a shit came alive. That gal's just flushing the toilet like crazy. She's freaking out. Um, but because Whitney would have such great insights on this. I mean, she's uh, one, when we talked about Alien Man, it was, it was so, her approach and her refreshment to what she saw on how she saw it from, from, um, from understanding like, oh, wait, this, uh, you know, this is a rape scene where a guy's getting raped and impregnated. Oh, and this is where the robot tries to basically face fuck to death. Sigourney Weaver with a uh, with a, with a magazine. I mean, it is just her insights and who she is as a as a, as a comic and uh, and just as as an insightful human being is out of sight dynamite. I mean, she really is fucking amazing. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it, obviously Whitney Chitwood and how funny she is, but also just how just insanely culturally aware and intelligent um, in, in, in replicating and in, in seeing things and insightful prospects that generally people don't see uh, when it when it comes to um, just watching a movie, right? Like she brings things out that, that are so awesome, to, to say the least. So shout out to Whitney Chitwood. We talked about Alien. I don't remember the number right now. I'm, I've had an edible and I'm drinking a bottle of wine. And I had a... a hot or a spicy pig or a hot pig pizza like a little tiny one from north italia uh yeah humble brag humble brag but i'm only eating once a day now folks i'm actually lose some weight i'm dropping some lbs fat boy slim over here is uh is uh only so what i'm doing is i'm giving myself like uh five hours a day right and really one meal and a couple of cocktails or a bottle of wine and an edible um and a couple of beers and uh yeah other than that it's like water and coffee right water and coffee boom that's it so get up at you know 6 a.m water coffee uh you know hang out do a light workout i've been working out that hard uh, traveling right it's it's hard to uh to, to get a good workout in quite honestly um what did i do today i did uh i think 50 50 push-ups, 200 squats, and uh, five minutes of plank. Not great, but also not terrible, right? I mean, it's not awful. It's not the, the worst thing in the world, that's for sure. So um, that's always, uh, but yeah, so I did a little workout, right? But so that's not making me lose any weight. Um, obviously, my um, uh, my diet would be one that would, uh, that would, that would argue you know, you're not going to lose any weight, right? Uh, I mean, I had pizza, wine, beer, edible. Goodness, and yeah. So come on, Jay. I mean, think about that for a hot pocket minute. Hold on, I'm going to take a drink here. Mm. So, but I am because I'm limiting my window to eat, which oddly enough limits my consumption. And what I mean by limiting my window limits my consumption is uh, when I haven't eaten all day, by the end, I'm actually not starving. 
and depending on what I eat, right? So if I eat something, uh, you know, high in sugar, obvious, obviously, I am, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, obviously for me, I'm going to get a lot more hungry. I'm going to crave, crave more things, but if I eat like a heavy protein, uh, cheese, you know, the, the pizza I got probably not the best do the carbs. Uh, the edible was just an edible. It was fine. Low sugar. I'm not hungry when I'm done, right? I'm just not. Instead, I am, uh, yeah, I'm pretty chill. You know, it's, it's good. It feels good. I don't eat all the food all the time. Um, yeah, and it just kind of rolls along, man. I, I really, really enjoy it. So anyways, something that I've been doing and in doing that, I've, uh, I've definitely enjoyed myself and, uh, and enjoyed, um, this kind of, this kind of thing, this, this craziness. Oh, dude, he just ripped the earrings out of that guy's nose. Man, our hero has come in to save the nerd from the punks in the bathroom. He is fast. He is strong. He is, uh, he's aggressive. He knows what's going on. He's kicking butt and taking names or it's one on three. I mean, it's just, once again, he's just dodging stuff. He's, he's beating them up. Oh shit, he just punched a lady who pissed in the men's urinal. Ooh, he's like, hold on, man, let me sit you down here. I think this guy's gonna do a WWF move and jump on him. Ooh, right off the top urinal or top rope. Ooh, kicked him in the nuts pretty hard. That's always the go-to move. And now here comes the crazy guy. He ripped out his earrings from his nose. The guy's bleeding. What are they gonna do now? Uh-oh, they've got him, they've got him up. Are they putting him in the toilet? They're going to give him a swirly. Move along, folks. I'm the principal. Get out of here. The principal's going to come in. He hears something going on. He does not like what's happening. And mm -hmm. he just said, drop that bone. By the way, these guys look like they are 72 years old. Look like It's like 21 Jump Street. Except for uh, the undercover cops look older than they should. 21 Jump Street, if they sent me into high school, and they're like, you should just act like you're in high school again. I'm like, absolutely. I would love that. That would be fantastic. I'd love to look like I'm in high school again, dress like an asshole, not know what's going on, be confused, be uh, highly judgmental, uh, not care about my elders or anyone around me. It would be awesome. That would be great. Look, he's bringing the whole punk gang in. And everyone in this fucking punk gang, every single one of them, the dude with black lipstick and tits, to the leader, to the dog bone, and everyone in between, they all look like they're about 30 to 40 years old. It is absolutely insane. They couldn't find young punk people? They had to get old ones? Oh, he's got to frisk her down, and he's just grabbing at me. Dude, what the fuck? rapper hanging out the side he's like what do you got here oh we got drugs turn around let me pat you down princess i love this right he's just like farts in the principal's face oh that's how you get pink eye so he's got drugs he's got bones he's feeling the guy's tits this is so interesting so interesting how they just like Think about where we're at today, and I don't want to bring up today, you know, as far as uh, what's happening with the protests or we know the indiscretions of, of our society and what we've done. And, and we know what to do with what's right now 
and tomorrow, and then how we can effectively look back every year, two years, whatever that looks like. And, you know, professionals would know to, to mark effective growth and, and progress um, more than just having things boil back up to another protest, right? Uh, we got to figure out a, a better way to, to chart growth versus pops and pauses, as I would like to call it, right? But when you think about, you know, how you label or see someone or a group, whether it's the jocks or the punks or the nerds, think about those names, think about the images that come to your brain, um, and think about, uh, you know, how, how you see them or their actions or uh, what they should do, you know, when you think about the, uh, the jocks, are they good in school? Mind you, the, the Klitschko brothers, right, they're like both doctors. But are jocks good in school? Think about the, the nerds, man. Uh, are the nerds going to beat you up in a fight? Uh, think about the cheerleaders, right? Are they nice to all the other girls? Think about the assumptions that you have about people. Right? Don't think, I mean, you know, I brought up a one-off to kind of highlight something, but think about the assumptions you have of people. And then in the world of those assumptions, right, think about the dividing line it puts in you. And when you think about the dividing line, then think about the judgment that happens when you see those people initially. Like, what do you do? How do you see them? In the world of judgment, like how and where do you see them, right? Uh, what does that mean for, for them or, or, or for you? And it, that's quite, it really is fascinating to me because... When I think about, you know, this judgment and, um, and, and what kind of happens or, or doesn't happen, right, these assumptions, you know, it goes far past that. Obviously, you know, you look at race and uh, you look at the way that, that uh, minorities are treated and, and what that feels like or what that, you know, nothing feels like, what that looks like and our lack of response or um, our, more importantly, our, our lack of first of listening, secondly, our lack of response, and, and, and fourth, our lack of action to follow up the listening uh, and the response, right? Like there's there's got to be listening, an initial response, then an action plan that, that, that further pushes this in, in a positive direction. But you've got to go back and go, man, how much of this is, and I don't want to go too Sam Tripoli conspiracy theory here, but... Let's go a little bit down this road. How much of this is, is, is programmed into us, right? How much is really programmed into us? And, and what I mean by that is how our division, where we see and, and, and love one another and where we um, have disdain, if you will, or where we, uh, uh, you know, where we, we have assumptions. Disdain is a bad word, assumptions. Let's go where we have assumptions, right? And why we have those assumptions. Well, how much of that is, is taught to us in homes? How much of that is taught to us in media? How much of that is taught to us in history? And then how much of that is taught to us in the, in the culmination of all of that and then preached to us uh, th th through the media? You know, you got to think about all those things. So it seems simple to be like jocks are assholes and they pick on nerds. Uh, nerds can't protect themselves. Uh, cheerleaders are bitches and uh, they're catty and they're backstabbing and they always pick on the, the girl they don't understand. You think about the class systems and, and, and that's just, you know, really simple stuff. But you extrapolate it then to how easy it is then to judge someone else. You want to you wanna end these things? Here's, here's just a couple of ideas, right? One, get rid of those lists, get rid of those names 
and just being like, oh, that's their people, right? And they're people that have different talents than others. Keep it as that simple. And, and I'm not saying you don't have to recognize athletic talent or, um, or book smart talent or um, charisma or anything else, but start at the base, which doesn't remove people and put them into special groups, but instead, you know, shares with people um, where a they might be, you know, where they're different, so that we can understand versus drawing lines that say you're this and I'm this, so we have to conflict. Instead, it is, oh, this is how we're different. Let's help each other out. Can you help me here, and I will help you here, or how? More importantly, oh man, these are all the things we're the same at, and now in the world of where everything is the same except for, you know, maybe your athleticism, um, your ability to speak in front of people, uh, your, your knowledge or ability to absorb knowledge being differently, whatever any of those things may be, right? Sorry for this, that's scratching, I had an itch. Um, whatever those differences may be, you get to celebrate them, not isolate them. You get to um, make that as part of the unique flavor and piece that, uh, that you admire about the person, not a unique piece that divides you from that person, right? And what does that mean future-wise as far as moving forward? Well, I mean, obvious, you know, there's there's some obvious beautiful uh, things that happen there. One, <clears throat> you see different races and you don't assume awful things about them, right? Instead, you celebrate. You're like, wow, this person is different because of X, Y, or Z. That is so awesome. But look at all the ways we're alike right? So you have common ground instantly. Instantly you find common ground and the differences of that common ground based on race and, 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 and culture and, and belief. Um, you don't instantly look for the differences, right? Th and, but when you see those differences, you look to understand them because you have such a base of familiarity. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, right? So if you, if you, uh, you got we've got to figure out a way to find competition, and uh, at the same time, um, find respect and understand that it's still, you know, we're still all together, if you will. You know, and, and I don't know if you guys saw that Jordan uh, piece, you know, the ESPN documentary on uh, Michael Jordan. But one of the funny things is, is, you know, friends and foes, they're all like, he was the best. He was amazing. He was the best. Uh, man, this is just, he was the best, but he was mean. Or he was the best, but he was this. But the commonality of we all played basketball, we all wanted to win. He just has a different agenda for how, we, not agenda, but he had a different drive for how he wanted to win. And he wanted to win at everything. Card games, ping pong, poker, pool, golf. He just, he had to beat you, right? Uh, and, and so you think about that, but the base was we're all going to win, right? And he was kind of the driver. Well, imagine instead of a driver, the commonality is we're all going to win, but it's because we're all going to, we have that commonality. We, we all have to eat food, although it could be different. Uh, we all have to breathe air, and so let's work on making it clean. We all have to drink water, so uh, let's make sure that all that water is clean. Uh, we all need health care, and we all need education, right, so we can move forward, so we can... So we can find out our strengths and leverage them, find out our weaknesses and grow them into strengths if we can in some capacity, whether it's speaking or reading or uh, math or uh, exercise and health, whatever those things may be, right? You, you find all those nuances. But you know how you celebrate those and how you do that? It's you have that commonality of you know, where at the end of the day, we're all still people. 
right? We're, <clears throat> we're all still people and we're giving off a, a, a base. I'd like to see that more in school of versus, hey, this is the football team. This is the basketball team. This is the um, math pentathlon group. This is 4-H. And so it's like, here's our school and here are all the ways we're alike. Let that be our base. These are all the ways we're alike from kindergarten through high school, through college. These are all the ways we're alike. You know, the, the troubling thing about COVID-19 is some of these schools like, man, we might not, we might just do classes online. And the most important thing about college is the common marketplace of ideas. The most important thing about college is being around people that are different than you, than problem solved different than you, that come from a world that's different than you. You know, rich, poor, smart, bought their way to school, dumb, whatever it may be, you're there, you're all there. Some deserving, some undeserving, but guess what? You're all there. And in the world of being all there, you've got to talk to them. Republicans, Democrats, pro-life, pro-choice. You have to figure out how to problem solve because more than likely that person that's in your group, that, uh, that fandom, that, 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 that class, you might work with them down the road. You might talk to them down the road, but you get four years with them, two years with them to problem solve, to understand them, to maybe avoid them on certain topics, but embrace them on other topics to, to figure out your trigger points and, and then hopefully be smart enough to grow from them. College is less about book smart and more about relationship smarts and engagement and relationships and what that means and how that grows. And, and, and what it means to understand to be around people that are, <clears throat> pardon me, so, so, so much different than you. You know, the throat gets a little dry when you just talk this long. I mean, folks, we've been going on now an hour and two minutes. We've got about 10 minutes left in this film. Maybe, maybe a hair longer, but not, not much, right? Maybe, uh, well, about 12 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. So let me try to get through this here. Um, so in all of this, you have this great common marketplace of backgrounds, ideas, styles, thought processes, um, cultures, everything, right? You have all of that. That's college and it's beautiful because some people are, are alone for the first time. Some people are just away from oppression for the first time. Some people are, you know, uh, they're, um, they're drinking for the first time, or you know, others are uh, doing drugs for the first time. Some of them are, are finally free to openly drink and do drugs. Some people are going to a Bible college, but maybe they don't believe that much. Some people are going to a Bible college and they believe a little bit differently than others. Some people are going to a liberal arts college and wanting to embrace or grab or, or hold on to um, a, a piece of of, of their, of, of this broad education, right? And I don't know where I was going with that, but there's, in all of that, you're coming together in your differences and all of your differences, you're coming together and you're all living together and you're eating together and you're taking classes together. It's amazing. It's amazing. So putting it online, I believe is fundamentally an absolute positive destruction. Uh, and it's going to, have a, have a negative impact that we cannot imagine on, uh, on the workplace and more importantly on our culture and how we engage, right? Even working from home, I understand the reason for it. It is going to destroy 
uh, a couple of things. One thing that's absolutely going to destroy is is ingenuity and creativity. Um, <clears throat> you know, some people will say, well, that's what Slack is for. There is something about conversation that cannot be done typing with uh, with other distractions around you. You're not going to get it done. I mean, shit, I was on a, what was it? I was on a Slack channel the other day, right? I posted this idea that I wanted to do. Guess what? If you guess that no one responded to the fucking Slack, you're correct. And they were friends that I had texted that said, put it in our Slack channel so we can all talk about it. And not one fucking person responded. Not one. Not one. They're busy. They got other shit going on. Yeah, it was an idea. Ideas are a dime a dozen. But sitting with people, idea, ideation with them, figuring out problems and solutions and whiteboarding and, and talking about you know, where it wants to be launched and why and what the program looks like and what are the pitfalls and what are the successes and what that conversation feels like. And I'm a remote worker, so don't get me wrong. I'm not against Slack, but I, I think there's a value in, in a culture that communicates and celebrates across the board the idea of, you know, get on the phone, call someone. Like, I just get on the phone, call people. I email people. I chat with you real quick. And I know they're in the office and they're busy and I'm two hours ahead of them. So I've got a little bit more of a runway, but in all of that, uh, and in everything that's going on, right. Um, shit, man, it is amazing when I come into the office and I fly to the office and I see people and I'm just chatting with them and you're just getting these ideas and so much gets done. So, so much gets done and that's going to stunt that growth. Also, I'm working with different people, right? And I don't see them all the time. And I talk loud. Dude, I mean, listen, you hear this podcast. I'm a crazy person. I say things. I'm like, oh, wait, let me rephrase that or hold on a second. You know, there's all this shit going on all the time. Always. Always. Man, it's craziness, right? So I come into the office and it's nuts, right? And I'm and I'm a distraction in some capacity. And I'm like, look, grab a beer. Like it's noon. I'm like, so, because I'm working from home and I want to put my feet in the pool and have a beer and relax and have lunch and not have lunch and, you know, whatever it may be. I have that freedom. I'm working from home. So when I come into an office, it's it's kind of crazy because I'm like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta figure out this culture. But more importantly. I get to engage with people face to face. They get to see me, my emotion, my um, my seriousness, my passion, my desire, my drive, my my uh, understanding of um, of principles and and ideas and and thoughts and my conviction, if you will, and all of these things, folks. It's so powerful, and you know I've made a lot of friends that could, from working in offices that on paper I shouldn't be friends with. Right. I just, you know, not that you can't be friends with anyone, but in, in this culture of, you know, of groups and uh, you're a jock and you're this and you're that and all that world. Right. Man, <clears throat> I have amazing people and amazing friends, but it comes from two places, the workplace and the basketball court. Those are where it comes from. Now, I'm not saying that's the end all be all. I'm not saying you can't find other people, but you got to think about those things. And so when you think about businesses closing or working from home, there's parts of it that are great. And they are, but there's parts of it that should be and are very, very concerning. Uh, and, and those are some of those things that, that will always concern me. Um, it just, it, it always will. I think we're going to, we're going to lose touch with one another. And I don't want to do that. I mean, as a person who talks as much as I do and just has crazy ideas, 
I will say this in all of it, you know, my biggest thing is I want connection. I like to hear from people, I like to engage with people, I like to have fun with people, I like to learn from people, I like to challenge people's thought processes, and I like to challenge who they are and where they're at and what it looks like. I like all of those things, right? And I think we all should, you know, in some capacity, figure out where our passions lie in communication and, and being different and celebrating the differences of other people and being able to disagree and agree at the same time and, and, and know the differences and know the buttons that you can push and decide not to know the buttons that can be pushed on you and, and figure out how to, uh, when those buttons are pushed, articulate in a more responsive, um, appropriate uh, manner, if you will, in all things. But, um, you know, for me, those things have, have old school. So here's the other thing, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like kneecap myself here. You know, my parents would have never thought about cell phones. They uh, would have, you know, if the fax machine was going to destroy the post office, right? So in all of this, um, you know, I'm not saying there can't be a technology that changes it. I don't think it's Zoom. No one's just Zooming me. Right, man, I gotta sign up for someone's gonna just Skype me. I guess you could FaceTime me, but still, that's a little different. I don't know. Um, but I would say, oh, ooh, our monster just showed up, and that monster, that guy was gonna use a saw to cut that girl's tits off. She is passed out, and this crazy motherfucking monster that she gave birth to is enormous. And we've got number four of violent punches that you don't regularly see, and that violent punch. She, that monster just shot, hit, punched that girl in the face and his hand or her hand, the monster's hand, don't want to assume the gender, went through her head. I mean, that girl should be proud of her baby. She should be proud of her baby and how it protected her and how it's going to eat that punk rocker lady. Like, don't go in there, motherfucker. That, that monster is going to steal your bone. 100%. His uh, punk rock buddies better get downstairs. Curly brown hairs. You nasty, motherfucker. You know I don't care. Better get down there and help his buddy out because this big ass. I should have saved this for it came from a monster movie. Henry, I'm sorry, brother. I forgot about the big, huge monster at the end of this. Mm-hmm. We could have talked about culture and all this shit, man. And you're you're a smart man, and you see the world differently than I do, and I love that about you. And I love the challenge, the foresight, and, uh, you know, really quick wrap up the end piece there. There might be a technology and something that changes to where you can work from home and still engage and still have those things. I might be old and curmudgeoned, and Slack actually may be the preferred communication of engagement that removes judgment, that remo removes bias, and just gets to the core of your, let's say, um, your solution or your idea, and how that solution and idea then can be um, exacted out perfectly, if you will, or imperfectly, as most things are, and then evolve into, into growth and understanding. Uh, so who knows, man? Shit, I don't know. But for me right now and, and who I am and, and what it means or what it looks like to me, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I think we've got, uh, we've got a, uh, a golden opportunity for technologists and communicators to, uh, to build something amazing and great, A, and B, uh, I think that in any of that that's done, culturally, we have to figure out uh, the, uh, the long impact of what it means to be separated. You know, uh, work, is, work can be, I know some people hate their jobs, right? I just do. Um, I'm blessed. I really love all the work that I've done and all the work that I do. 
I've really never had, except for my first job out of college, a job that I, that I hated. I guess I've had two, right? I, I worked for an IR company for like literally three weeks. That was it. Got my paychecks, call it a day. And I walked out, man. It was, it was pretty horrible. Not going to lie. It was pretty darn horrible. So um, I would say that uh, that job and uh, my uh, car rental job, and it wasn't Enterprise, but the car rental job I first had, man, I there was a part where I enjoyed it. But generally speaking, I hated it. And then, uh, you know, I, uh, I definitely uh, exercised some things to make sure that I wasn't going to be um, gainfully employed, employed there for, for very long and ended up quitting after, I think, a year and a half. So, yeah. So, folks, I mean, I don't listen. I am not the end all be all. I am not the answer in, in any way, uh, sh shape or form. And obviously, um, you know, there are there are much smarter people out there on the technology side that can probably, um, you know, shed some light on this as well as on the uh, what you'd say, the communication side and the psychology side that could probably shed a lot more light on, um, on what it means or what it looks like. Uh, to, um, to jump through these hoops, uh, what it means to be separated from coworkers for an extended period of time or family from an extended period of time, and what it means to be cooped up with family as well for an extended period of time. I mean, shit, I don't know, man, this is craziness. But, 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 craziness can be a good thing, right? Craziness can be an empowering thing. Uh, Craziness, if embraced, can be the thing that uh, that fuels the fire, that keeps our growth, that keeps us on edge, that keeps us pushing forward. That that crazy, that that inner desire to to fix and solve and run the thirty yard dash and the forty yard gym to have people tell you you're crazy and just keep moving forward. I mean, Elon Musk is fucking crazy. Motherfuckers, crazy, crazy. Wicked smart. Um, he's digging holes underneath Los Angeles. He's shooting people into space. He's got electric cars. He's got flamethrowers that aren't flamethrowers. He's an epically amazing human being, right? He's also fucking crazy, right? So, you know, in the, in the world of being fucking crazy and everything else, shit, man, uh, for all that's holy, good Lord, be crazy. Be crazy. But in being crazy, be rational. And in being rational, be understanding. And in being understanding, be compassionate. And in being compassionate, that's understanding, that's rational, that's crazy. In all of those things, in every, in all of that stuff, you know, the most important things in the world, in my mind, right, in being crazy, being rational, being understanding, being compassionate, right? Is one, you can be all of those things, okay? But be in doing all of those things, right? I don't think you lose yourself. I don't think you you um, you lose your drive. I don't think you lose your desire. I think you gain a greater clarity, a greater understanding, and a greater peace of who you are, where you fit, where your idea fits, and how you can grow out of that box and into a bigger one. Shit, I don't know. I'm also just a nut, man. This monster that's in this movie, and you're like, oh, thanks for the hard left turn. I'm, like, <clears throat> I'm here to help. 
this uh this monster this fucking crazy monster one it's about to eat its mom which don't eat your young mm -hmm. and now he's turning is he turning into something this monster is like this crazy uh it's got a tail it's like a porcupine though like it just killed one of the punks and they just shot porcupine it needles into it right is he gonna what's he got what you got what you got get that there you go laser beam brah laser beam that motherfucker save your girlfriend and phew, when was the what was the last movie we saw that was laser beamed that'd be real genius with uh comedian josh Sharp. hey josh how are you bud shout out to comedians is uh two for two right now uh as this as this uh nuclear waste piece of shit beast monster explodes you're seeing a whole bunch of stuff happen, right? And they are trying to run out of escape. And they're seeing two dead people and teeth and blood. And they, they, these high school kids are freaking out. I think the um, the explosion uh, cured them of their radioactivity and his um, his horrible nightmares and who he is. And the nuclear power plant guy, the, this big son of a bitch with a bow tie. There's what it is, man. He's going to go down there and he's going to see the explosion. He's seeing the monster. They're telling everyone, get back, get back, get back. And just like anything else, right? Just a small nuclear explosion. Just a small nuclear explosion. And in that small nuclear explosion with special effects that are not very special, what do we get? Quite simply, nothing, man. No one's worried about nuclear fallout. No one's worried about that gas and all that dust from that explosion and everything else getting on all of those people. No one. No one's worried about the bones and the dust and the chemicals. No. They're just freaked out and also kind of super excited. And why is everyone in this fucking high school have a mustache? But now everyone's just cheering because high school's done. Now, here's the funny thing. Let's close with this. You know, and I want to close with this not in a negative way, but in a very positive way and also then in a, uh, in a heartfelt way. You and I and others, man, we used to think when high school is done, man, I'm going to burn the books. I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. And, oh, man, if we got to end high school a week early, I would have ended it two months early. Fuck high school. I just want to get out of here, right? Fuck school. I want to get out of here. What do we have this year? School's ended. And reality set in of, of you know, what we wished for, we didn't get. But what we wished for, some other people got. And in the world of what we wished for that other people got, uh, we actually saw the, um, the impact of no high school, of no middle school, of, uh, of no grade school. And I'm not even talking about the parents teaching, right? I'm talking honestly about uh, the kids' interaction. It's got that whole idea of college, right? Of just being around different people, different cultures, different ideas, different things. Uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't get it. They didn't get to experience all of that, right? Middle school, they didn't get to experience a lot of stuff either. Um, you know, they, they've got they've got a learning curve. They've got to catch up to. They miss months of school. High school, man, I can't imagine that learning curve and catching up and what that looks like. But also then the graduates. Graduate, 1992. Fuck high school, man. I'd get out of here early. If I don't fucking care, just give me that piece of paper. Let me go. Now, nah, man, I'm talking to people. They didn't get to do their school play. They didn't do their school dance. 
they uh, they're not gonna walk. They're uh, they're not gonna get that hug and that, that toss of the cap. They're gonna miss all of that, all of it. It's gone. They're gonna miss all of that, right? And take a pause and think about that and all those things that they're missing. Just breathe that in for a second. Think about what we took for advantage, what we took advantage of. Think about um, what it meant uh, to us still, even though we were, you know, in our minds, we're like, fuck this, who cares if we're here? When really we were celebrating it, we were so excited to have one more day with our friends, one more day with that teacher, uh, one more hug, one more moment, one more picture. It's pretty awesome. It's really awesome, right? I don't get any of that, you know? Um, I don't get any of those those fun, cool things. They're going to miss out on those. And I think we as a society, as, as, as we fix these things, we've got to figure out how to fix that a little bit, right? As we open back up, we've got to figure out how to, how to fix these graduation misses. Uh, the kids are going to, listen, they're going to catch up on school. I'm not worried about them. They are, you know, uh, college is going to have to be fixed a little bit, right? That interaction's gone and, and high school and graduation's going to have to be fixed. And once again, I'm not smart enough. I don't know what any of that shit looks like. Uh, <clears throat> but I can tell you this, folks, it's going to look like something, man. It's going to look like something. And hopefully uh, really smart people out there are going to make that look good. That's all I can say. The movie's over. The high school blew up. Uh, my goal of not trying to tackle social issues while tackling social issues was obviously failed. I, I hope this was enlightening. I hope you got a, a piece of me, a piece of you came out, ideas started thinking uh, for your job or for your kid or for your neighbor for life, right? Don't take it for uh, for what I have to say, but instead just in, um, take it for what it, what, it, what, it, what it is, right? It's just a thought, a thought that could be expounded upon, a thought that could be torn down and built up better. Um, you know, if the foundation's weak, great, make it better. I'm not, I'm not married to it. I'm married to the open communication. I'm married to being right. I'm married to being wrong. I'm married to uh, being persuaded. I am, I am married to um, learning more, understanding more, and just wanting to be a better person. And I wish that for all of us. I really do. And everyone that agrees and disagrees with me, fantastic. At Talking During Movies, Talking During Movies podcast at gmail.com. And uh, once again, a shout out to uh, Sam's Barbecue. I'm going to go try it when I get home. Very, very excited. And also a shout out to Dive Bar Austin at Dive Austin and Colorblind Design, the best in tactical six-pack carriers. My people at colorblind.design. Get a hold of Scott. Get one for Father's Day. I don't care if you're not a father. Go buy a goldfish. Be like, no, nah, I'm a father. I have a Father's Day gift. Got one. All right. Be the father of the microorganisms that live all over your body and in your stomach. Be that dad. All right. You're already a dad. So, folks, go out there. Do it. Now is your favorite time of the podcast. I just rambled along. First time in a long time, man. We did an hour and a half here, a little over that. Um, thanks for listening. And now here's your favorite part. Here it is. My daughter, before she uh, files an injunction and stops me from doing this. It's the first time she sang about taking a shit by herself. Enjoy. Love you guys. 
Stay safe, stay healthy, search for joy, find it, hold on to it, celebrate it, and share it. Much love. Hoop song time.